church has seasons. And just as, you know, a year has seasons, we start out with January and, you know, we have different events and holidays throughout the year. The church has a year and the church has seasons. And we're in the season of Lent right now. It's those 40 days or 47 days, however you want to count them, 40 without Sundays, 47 with Sundays, those 40 days leading up to Easter. And it's a time of of preparation when we prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts for Easter. It's a time of repentance when we confess our sins to God. It's a time for us to slow down and to examine ourselves and to look into our hearts and ask God, what's, what's there? What might you be speaking to me about right now? How might you want to work in me? What might you be inviting me to right now? And it's a time of, of surrender. And when we hear the term surrender, if you think of an army surrendering, you know, it's, it's kind of like, giving up. But God invites us to surrender, and it's an invitation. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get honest and say, you know what? I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I need you. And it's a time to let go and to give ourselves to God. So throughout this season of Lent, each Sunday, we've been taking a different passage from Scripture that's an altar passage, that has an altar in it. And this Sunday, we happen to be in 1 Kings chapter 22. Uh, we're not going to read it in full. Um, not, not 22, 18, chapter 18. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a long passage, um, but I, I just want to let you know where we are so that if you want to kind of follow along, um, you can follow along. But I want to tell a story. And the story is this. This was in the days of, of King Ahab, King Ahab of Israel. And he was, he was a wicked king. Israel was, belonged to God. The Israelites were to worship God. God said, I will be your God, and you will be my people. But Ahab did something. He didn't worship God. He worshiped the Baals. He worshiped the gods of the nations around. And he married a wicked woman by the name of Jezebel. And and Jezebel was even more wicked than her husband, King Ahab. They built a temple to worship Baal. They worshiped the goddess Ashtoreth. And the people followed them, and they forgot about God, their God, the God that had brought them out of slavery in Egypt. And they turned away from the true God, and they worshiped the Baals. Well, God wanted to get his people's attention. So he sent one of his prophets, prophet by the name of Elijah, to King Ahab to say, you know what? There is going to be a period of time, years, where there's not going to be any rain in the land. The crops are going to dry up. 
the grasses are going to dry up. You know, the cattle and the livestock are not going to have food to eat. Because my people have turned away from me. You have led my people away from me, King Ahab. So there was, there was a famine. It was a long famine. It's going on year after year after year. Ahab looked all over trying to find the prophet Elijah because he wanted to kill him. But God protected Elijah. And in, at the start of 1 Kings chapter 18, we ha- a scene is set. And King Ahab and his palace administrator, Obadiah, are going throughout the land. And they're looking for grass. They're looking for pasture for the animals. One of them goes one way. One of them goes the other way. You know what? It must have been bad if the king himself was out looking for pasture. They were out looking for pasture. And Obadiah comes, and he meets Elijah. And he says, you know what, is it really you, Elijah? And Elijah says, yeah, it's it's me. And Elijah says, go call Ahab. I want to talk to him. And Obadiah says, wait a minute. Elijah, you have a way of moving around. God has a way of moving you around. So if I go call Ahab, and he comes back here to meet you, and you're not here, because God has taken you someplace else, it's going to be my head. I'm going to be in trouble. But uh, Elijah, you know, ensures and and talks with with Obadiah and says, no, really, I will stay here. So Obadiah goes and he gets Ahab, and Ahab comes and, and talks with Elijah. And Elijah, they're waiting for him. And it says that when when Ahab saw Elijah, he said he said to him this, he says, is that you, you troubler of Israel, you person who's been causing trouble, you're, you, you one who's been causing this famine, is it you? And Elijah responds, I have not made trouble for Israel, but you and your fa- father's family have made trouble for Israel. You guys are the real troublers of Israel. You're the ones that haven't been following God. You're the ones that have been leading the people astray, causing them to turn away from God. You are the true troublers of Israel. And Elijah gives them in, him instructions, and he tells King Ahab, he says, you know what? We're going to have a little contest. I want you to go, and I want you to gather all of the prophets of Baal. There were 450 of them. The prophets of Asherah, the goddess. There were 400 of them. 850 prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. And I want you to bring them to Mount Carmel. And I'll meet them there. And I want you to gather the people. And we're going to decide once and for all who's God. If it's Baal or if it's Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel, the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt. 
So Ahab sent word. He gathers the people, gathers the prophets, and assembled them on Mount Carmel. And Elijah goes before the people, and he says this. He says, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Now, I want to... I want us to stop and think about this for a minute. There are 850 prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. There's Ahab standing there, who we know is an evil king. And Elijah says to the people, make a decision. Now, if you're one of the people standing there, are you going to be too quick to jump out and say, oh, yes, God, the God of Israel, is the true God? Or because Ahab, this wicked king who has a way of putting people to death who don't agree with him and who follow, other, who follow the true God, is standing right there, and all these prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth are standing right there, are you going to be too likely to stick your nose out and say, yes, God, Yahweh, the God who brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he's the true God? I don't know about you, but it, it would be a little dicey. And Elijah says this, he says, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. And he says, you know what? We're going to have a little contest. We're going to have a little science experiment. We're going to, have, we're going to set up a control. You know, when you have a science experiment, you know, you have to have a control to make sure that everything's been done properly and to test the experiment. We're going to have a little science experiment, so to speak. I want you to get two bulls he tells the people. And I want you to bring them. And the prophets of Baal, the 450 prophets of Baal, they're going to take one of those bulls. And they're going to cut it up and they're going to put it on their altar, on top of the wood. But they're not going to light a fire. And then I'm going to take the other bull, Elijah says, and I'm going to cut it up and I'm going to put it on the altar to the Lord, to the God of Israel but I'm not going to light the fire. And the God who responds with fire, he is the Lord. And the people said, you know, what you've proposed, this idea, this little science experiment, if you want to call it that, sounds good. Let's do it. So the prophets of Baal get together. They, they take the bull, they cut it up, they put it on the wood. And it says that they go to Baal, and they cry out to Baal, and they say, Baal, answer us, answer us, Baal. And they do this from morning until noon. So at least three hours, at least from nine o'clock until noon, maybe six o'clock until noon, we don't know. But over and over and over again, they're crying out to Baal, answer us, Baal, answer us. And the passage of scripture tells it says, but, but no one responded. No one said anything. It was just quiet. Well, they get a little bit more frantic. And they, they've got to get a response from Baal. They've got to get him to, to say something. They've got to get him to send fire. And it says, and they danced around the altar they had made. They're trying to get Baal to respond. They're dancing around. It says, at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he has God. Now he's starting to make fun of them. Perhaps he is deep in sleep or busy 
going to the bathroom, or traveling. You know, he's having some fun here. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder, and they slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. They're trying to get Baal's attention. They're trying to, in some way, control and manipulate Baal. They think, you know what, if we, if we slash ourselves and the blood is flowing, then surely we'll have power and we can somehow get Baal to respond. But no one said anything. It was quiet. No one responded. No one paid attention. Just silence. And in verse 30, Elijah says to the people, he says, come here. He gets the people to come close to him, to gather around him. And he goes to this altar that was built to worship the God of Israel, the true God the God who brought his people out of Egypt. It's been broken down. He takes it, and it says that he takes 12 stones. I don't know how big they were. I mean, they must have been fairly sizable. I'm I'm guessing he probably needed help moving them. He takes 12 stones, one for each tribe of Israel. And he sets them up and he rebuilds the altar that had been torn down and not been used for years. And then he dug a a trench. And I want you to think about the fact that they're in the middle of famine right now. But he does something. He has the people take three or four jars four large jars, fill them up with water and pour them over over the sacrifice. So they have the stones, the 12 stones, they have the wood, they've cut up the bull, they've put it on top of the altar, on top of the wood. And then Elijah says, fill these four jars with water and I want you to douse the sacrifice. I want you to douse the meat and the wood and the stones with water. So they do it. Four jars of water. Water runs down into the trench. Elijah says, do it again. Do it again. Four plus four is eight, right? Eight jars of water poured over the sacrifice. Elijah says, do it again. Twelve jars of water in the middle of a famine, poured over the sacrifice. There's wet meat and wet wood. And then Elijah prays. He says this. He says, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, 
answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back to you. And it tells us that the fire fell, burned up the sacrifice, burned up the wood, burned up the stone, and even the soil underneath the altar. When the people saw this, they fell to the ground and cried, The Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel, He is God. The Lord, the God of Israel, He is God. Where in your life has the altar been broken down? Where in your life did you once follow God, but something got in the way? Something distracted you. Some other God came into the picture, and you started worshiping him rather than the true God. This morning, God is inviting us to come back to him. God is inviting us to remember who we are. When Elijah called the people to him, before he built the altar, as he was getting ready to build the altar, and he, he needed their help to do it, he said this, he said, come here to me. And it says, they came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had torn, been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the 12 tribes descended from Jacob. And listen to this part. To whom the word of the Lord had come. The word of the Lord had come to Jacob. The word of the Lord had come to the Israelites. They were gods. They, were, they, were, they belonged to God, is what I'm trying to say. They, they were God's people. But they had forgotten who they were. And they had turned away. Sometimes our turning away happens really softly. And we don't even see it happening. And then all of a sudden we realize that we've gone on a different path, that we're, we've lost our focus, that we're not worshiping God anymore. We're worshiping other things. We've set up other gods. We've set up other altars. So where in your life this morning is God speaking to you? And is he reminding you and inviting you to remember who you are? to remember that you are his and that he desires for you to return to him. Mm -hmm.